Howdy, my name is Brandi Addison. I'm the Regional Agriculture and Environmental Reporter for the USA Today Network's West Texas region. And this is Weird West Texas, the podcast. Each month, we'll explore some of the most odd, eccentric, and sometimes just plain weird things in our region. From the northernmost town of Hitchland, down into the big country, eastward into the Rolling Plains, and all the way to El Paso. In this month's episode, we're talking about the region's UFO mysteries and cattle mutilations in Texas. Once again, I am joined by my editor, Adam D. Young. Super excited to have you here, Adam. Good to be here. I'm particularly interested in these topics. You say that every episode. Yeah, but the, I don't know. As somebody who used to listen to a lot of overnight conspiracy radio, these ones really uh, stood out to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I don't, I don't know if you recall, despite the cattle mutilations not happening in West Texas, I reached out to you and I was like, we have to do this regardless, right? Because it could be us soon, right? You know, we have a big cattle farms up here, um, ranches up here, a big industry of beef up here. So that's why I felt it was necessary. Um, But it's still a really interesting topic that I know um, pretty much everybody would care about. Um, And it got shared on the USA Today flagship paper. So I thought that was really cool. But yeah, I mean, what did you think about that story? I mean, just kind of the the typical scenario with uh you know the i think the thing that stood out the most is that having the blood drained out of an an animal and uh, no other uh predators going after it's uh not rotting corpse the just some unusual stuff it kind of makes you think about perhaps you know it's either an extraterrestrial possibility or some other supernatural thing or it's probably perfectly explainable i don't know this has happened for 50 years now, right? 50 years now, and it hasn't been explained yet. Um, So for those of you who do not know what we're talking about yet, last month, so in late April, um, they discovered six dead cows in bordering counties down in central Texas, I guess. Yeah, around the Bryan College Station area. Okay, so central Texas, central east Texas, whatever we want to consider that area. But it finally went into under investigation when um, one unexpected death of a cow in Madison County occurred. And it was all along the same highway. They were, each cow was from a different herd, from a different ranch, and they were in three different counties. So one was Madison County. This is the one that really sparked the national um, conversations on it. Um, Another one, you know, some more happened in Brazos counties, uh, county and Robertson counties, right? Or (laughs) county, rather. Um, So... Basically, what happened is that they're finding these cows completely drained of their blood with select body parts missing. So this has been genitalia, anuses, tongues, whatever. And there has been no blood spill around them, right? No signs of disturbing, um, like disturbed grass, no signs of tracks or struggle, whatever. And not only that... But as Adam mentioned, no predators have had any interest in scavenging their remains. Like, they're just decaying on their own, right? So, of course, everyone's like, what the heck is happening here, right? It's, it's a really uh, weird thing. So, um, and did I mention no blood spill? You did. Okay. You, know, you said no predators have gone after the remains. That's assuming that the predators didn't go specifically after the anuses and the genitalia and nothing else. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, what's the plausibility of that, too, you know? There are just some weird creatures out there. Yeah, and, you know, I did get an email from someone saying that it was a possum because the way possum chew is, like, with pretty uh, precise uh, cuts. Um, and they said that they like to chew through soft tissue. I don't I don't know if a possum could take a cow down, though. Like, they would have to get that cow down first. Yeah, it would have to be an orchestrated effort among <laughs> multiple possums with the, um, I guess, intention of removing those select parts for like dining purposes. 
for other purposes. I don't know if they ate them or not. They were they were gone, and we don't know what happened. There's no um, uh, ring doorbell video yeah, to, uh, yeah. Uh, to show evidence here. Yeah, so, I mean, I like Adam's theory that it's like some sort of like possum mafia or something like that. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't know if that's believable. So, um, as noted, this is a really weird situation. And so the news release from the... Um, Sheriff's office said, in quotations, a straight, clean cut with apparent precision had been made to remove the hide around the cow's mouth on one side, leaving the meat under the removed hide untouched. The tongue was also completely removed from the body with no blood spill. Okay, so this is super interesting that there's no blood spill because I also don't know how a possum would... I, I don't know, maybe they have Clorox wipes with them? I, I yeah. can't do simple splinter removal without um, significant blood spill. I, think uh, I don't know how you would do that, um, the, remove those parts from a, a large animal. Yeah, yeah. So there's a bunch of weird theories, right? Um, and something that I want to note, this also happened back in the 70s, right, with literally hundreds, if not thousands of cattle. You know, I think it was close to 300 in Colorado. And the theories back then were that it was the federal government. I actually did watch an Unsolved Mysteries thing on this. And what was interesting back then was like 90% of these cases were along the 37 degree line um, on latitude, right? So I thought that was really interesting across the U.S. So it was right at that line. Obviously, we are not at 37 degree latitude, but I thought that was interesting. Um, And so when I was watching Unsolved Mysteries, one guy suggested that it was basically our government trying to take the DNA from cattle because um, mad cow disease happened in uh, the UK at this point, right? And what happened was they they culled all these cattle and they turned them into ash, right? They killed them and then they put that in fertilizer, right? So I thought that was a really interesting theory. And so then they distributed this fertilizer all across the world. And so I heard um, like this guy, his theory is that um, basically US government is just like testing the DNA of the cattle to make sure that we are not about to have a mad cow disease outbreak. Um, but of course, mad cow disease happened in the 90s this happened in the 70s so that doesn't add up um there are theories of cults that some people are like injecting needles to drain the blood and then they're removing it uh like the organs i don't know that was a theory uh when it happened i think it was last year in oregon right uh within the last couple years in oregon that was a theory when it uh, occurred at a major ranch in oregon um that it was a cult and of course we have people saying that it's, it's aliens that's my guess I'm just going with aliens at this point. It's it's usually a good default guess if you're not sure about something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, at least, you know, the Pentagon's even, they, they haven't acknowledged the presence of aliens yet, but at least UFOs and that unexplained things are out there. And this story is definitely one of them. Um, I do not buy the possum theory <laughs> whatsoever um, because that cow would have to be dead first, right? Like for that possum to even take its organs or chew through the organs. Agreed. That's not a leading theory. I, I, uh, I, I can't, you can't rule it out. You can't take it off the table, but it's, uh, it's, it's not a tier one theory. Well, and so when this happened in the 70s, I know um, a lot of theories that were circulating that said people, they saw um, like black ops, like helicopters flying low with like lights off and whatever, which I'm also not ruling out. I won't rule that out. I mean, the U.S. government definitely has some high quality technology out there. But I, I feel like no matter how good of like technology you have, certainly like you would hear something or someone would see something, right? Maybe not. These are pretty, um, you know, rural areas too, right? So maybe not. Yeah, I just, it, I don't know what the end game is on this. I know, I'm honestly surprised that there wasn't theories of it um, 
being China or Russia, right? Because we did have all these... Uh, what people described as Chinese spy balloons, but they were really weather balloons, right? Um, floating specifically over cattle ranches um, in like Montana. So I'm surprised we haven't heard those theories yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, wasn't that something that you saw floated out there? No, no. It just maybe that was just in the back of my mind. And, uh, yeah, that was me remarking okay. it to you that I was surprised no one suggested that yet. Yeah, and I, I figured there were probably. Uh, you know, there might even be some illicit market for those particular body parts that, um, or some human use for them, perhaps. And that's how they were being rendered in the draining of the blood. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And I just feel like if it was like humans anyway, like certainly there would be some sort of track. Yeah, so that was an interesting story, I really thought. Um, and like I said, it like totally took over national news, like every major news paper was reporting on it, the New York Times, the New York Post, New Yorker. Um, and I'm going to actually read an excerpt from the New Yorker real quick, because they had a really detailed feature on it. I thought it was super great. And so they reached out to Chuck Sikowski, a paranormal investigator, right? He's done this for years. Um, he did not actually approach the scene because I think he was on the way to a, a cruise or a vacation to celebrate his anniversary with his wife. Um, but this is the excerpt that um, the New Yorker said. So Zakowski has several go bags on hand so that when he receives a report of something mysterious, he can get out the door as quickly as possible. His kit for animal mutilations includes an electromagnetic field meter, a Geiger counter, a motion-sensing camera, a night vision lens, jars of formaldehyde for biological samples, and a P100 Nikon with a 3,000 millimeter zoom optic. In his quote, he said, It's designed for bird watching, but it's great for UFOs. I think that's really funny because bird, bird, birds are UFOs, no, nowhere in between. Right. So that's funny. Continued. Zakowski is an engineer by training, and in his decades of mute investigations, he said he's encountered phenomena he cannot s scientifically explain, such as high EMF readings and atomic changes in the nearby soil. He believes that a high energy source, possibly of extraterrestrial origin, is responsible. Although he knows that some people will find this suggestion ridiculous. And again, in his quotes, we have what they call the giggle factor. And the giggle factor is when other people basically make fun, he said. But that's changed a lot now that the Pentagon is evolved, involved in doing UFO investigations. I mean, I'm going to trust the excerpt. Uh, not excerpt. I'm so I'm going to trust the expert on this one, right? Like, who would know better than Chuck Sagowski? Yeah, I just, uh, more, more than anything, I'm curious how one becomes an expert in this topic. It's, you know, how, how one gets credentialed there. I don't know if, you know, like, perhaps tech has a degree offering in this or just an, some, an expertise. I really need to pursue that. That might be a another career path for me, perhaps. And Atlanta, something Atlanta might do someday. Oh, or, or a business reporter. Yes, I I would trust her th theories on this as well. So, yes. Um, that said, this leads seamlessly into our next topic about UFOs in Lubbock, right? Not even UFOs in Lubbock, UFOs in West Texas. Okay, so. Why are there so many UFO sightings reported in our region? What, what are your theories? Well, I just, just based on their definition, it's not necessarily an extraterrestrial object. It's just something that can't be explained. So there definitely are UFOs, uh, whether they're extraterrestrial or not is another matter. But yeah. they're just anything you can't explain. But I think for our region, we're, you know, perhaps one reason we see so many of them is because we have this flat terrain. So we can see things way off in the distance and, and whatnot. It is like it doesn't have to be extraterrestrial it could literally be a plane and the fact that you can't personally identify it makes it a ufo in your mind right like i think that's really interesting like i, I just it's funny it's so vague that it could be literally like a bird right yeah i mean 
just because it's not extraterrestrial doesn't mean it can't be a little terrestrial. <laughs> what a great dad joke. Um, um, and you know what? Now that I say bird, this brings me back to a story I read a couple weeks ago about how this guy is now like stuffing birds, like dead birds, and turning them into drones. Like, <laughs> it was like, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's pretty wild. I can see that. I, I've made my own UFOs before. Uh, back with when I'd have a 110 film camera growing up in Abilene, I would wrap a baked potato in aluminum foil and uh, throw it up in the air when the sun was hitting just right and capture photos of it. A few of them turned out fairly well and convincingly, but I'm sure an expert could probably judge based on the shadows or something like that. That you know, it's you know, how, you know, it's proximity or approximate size or something like that. But I don't know. I've always been fascinated by stuff like that i don't know i just like it seems really weird i don't know like the bird thing is weird i would freak out if like a dead bird just like fell on me and i had a camera on it that'd freak me out but and then that goes back to like the birds aren't real theory that's funny i mean the, this day and age if something like that happened to me i'd just shrug it off and it's like <laughs> weirder things have happened yeah yeah exactly right um after 2020 like nothing's off the table anymore um, but I mean, have you heard just, just a side note, have you heard the birds aren't real theory yet? I have, I haven't really, I've never even clicked on one of those stories before. Oh, it's so I funny. It's usually more of a parody, right? Oh yeah. Nobody, it's just like the flat earth. There's nobody significant or seriously believes that's a thing. Some people do believe the earth is flat, but the birds aren't real thing. That's hilarious. Um, you know, it's basically like just a running joke that birds are like government spies, um, and not like actual animals. So I, th- I think that's funny. Um, okay. But back to the UFO settings. Okay. So... Of course, in Lubbock, one of the most well-known UFO sightings in the nation, right? 1951, three professors see this V formation that they could not explain. Um, And then it was later dubbed as Lubbock Lights. This happened over several months, right? Like several sightings, right? Um, That dubbed it as Lubbock Light. Um, And seriously, one of the most famous UFO uh, encounters in the nation, yeah, and what stood out about that one was just the, the reputation of the people who observed it. And we, we even have a photo that looks mysterious. Now, I mean, I, I know in that time period, we were testing a lot of new flying technology and, and things like that that folks weren't used to seeing. But still, everything, all the reading I've done on this and then the, the um, stories you shared in your uh, Weird West Texas piece showed that it really never was a... Uh, yeah, it was yeah. never solved. And it's one of hundreds that have never been solved, right? So certain, you know, similar encounters have now led the Pentagon, as I noted earlier, to like unveiling a report that says, hey, we can identify these. So yeah, UFOs are out there, right? Which that's a major deal that that is now happening. Um, and, you know, this has been something the government has just been talking about for several years, like a former president... The late Ronald Reagan did this in a speech uh, talking about alien threats one time at that White House. Perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bound. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? I think that's just really interesting that this is like a running thing that's just now getting acknowledged, what, 40 years later? Um, and so, yeah, I, West Texas has pretty much the majority UFO sightings in Texas. Um, and Texas is the fourth most sightings 
of all the states in the country. So um, according to like the database um, from the National UFO Reporting Center, Lubbock's had um, 60 reported sightings since the 1950s. So one note, since 1995, they've had like 70 since the 1950s, at least those reported, right? So far this year, there have only been two reported in the Lubbock area, one in Wolferth, which said um, there were blinking lights, but not a place for about three minutes. And then another one said that it was a V-shaped formation with five lights traveling low and fairly slow. So I think this is interesting. Because this is the most common sighting that we see in Lubbock is a V formation as well as uh, Amarillo. They're saying the same thing. It's either in a V formation or triangular. So um, I think that's really interesting. That's happened several times. But there were some other like instances such as a fireball seen in the sky, hovering glowing objects strategically line up and travel west. And then there was some more dramatic cases where in August 2021, one witness said that a saucer-shaped craft surrounded by pulsating, expanding, and contracting white and green lights followed him for about 30 minutes and wanted him to see it. I don't, I don't know what, yeah. That to me stands up as, or it strikes me as more of a hallucination. Yeah, and you know, see, that's also my, my theory why maybe Lubbock has one <laughs> more reported sightings because uh, people... <laughs> I like to have fun out here. <laughs> I don't know that we are the like hallucinogenics capital of, of the state or anything like that. I don't know. No, for sure. By any means. I mean, at least my college experiences wouldn't run to that, but I probably wasn't the, the, the target demographic for that either. Probably not. But, you know, also one, um, less light pollution, two, less obstruction. We don't have skyscrapers, you know, blocking our view. Um, and honestly, Maybe it is like some extraterrestrial life, right? And they don't want to be noticed. So they are coming to more rural areas, right? Or it's easier to enter and out, like whatever portal they come through, right? Like, and of course, the crop circles that they create there. I mean, you know, that's their homes right there, the crop circles. That's their impact. Not at all the pivots and the plowing that occurs year round. Definitely aliens. And one of the more interesting things to me was also like scenarios was the one back in 1957. Um, KMC did it or KMAC, however you want to pronounce it. Um, wrote about this. And one alleged witness in 1957 was driving near Leveland. And he said he saw a bright flash of blue light before his truck engine sputtered, then died as they felt something pass overhead. There were multiple witnesses of this. So multiple people experienced, maybe they weren't all driving, but they did all see the same light. Um, And investigators called it ball lightning and just fully debunked the widespread UFO theory. Um, Air Force investigators, right? I thought that was really interesting because like, why would ball lightning make your truck die, though? That That's what gets me. Yeah, that sounds like EMP kind of situation. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I assume if lightning struck my uh, my Honda Civic, it probably wouldn't function anymore. Yeah, it didn't strike it, though. It just passed over it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what ball lightning is. I, I should have looked more into that. And I know that KMAC did actually ask, like, an atmospheric professor at Tech and... He was like, well, you know, the science checks out. I'm not going to argue with Air Force investigators. And he said something like along the lines that people's memories change throughout the year. Maybe they exaggerate a little bit more or they're a little bit dramatic. Um, And this guy was talking to like KMAC back in a few years ago, right? Um, Within the last decade, maybe sooner, uh, more recent. Um, But it it was with, you know, that would have been decades later. So, yeah, I mean, I can see that, too, that maybe the experience wasn't necessarily what he actually experienced like and remembered right yeah i mean it starts as two lights easily becomes four 
<laughs> and makes your truck engine sputter and die? Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe he, he didn't get his oil changed and forgot that part. I don't know. I don't know. And then, you know, one that I added into your uh, your story was the uh, some of the reporting I did. And, you know, it just seems like every couple of years, one of these stories comes up where we start getting calls or start seeing social media chatter about lights in the sky in an evening and, you know, start looking into that check with our weather service. And it ends up being an observation balloon uh, that's yep. released in eastern New Mexico. And they're so high up that they catch some you know, serious sunlight up there. Yeah, yeah. I think the one that, that we saw here back in 2011 that said it was doing uh, some uh, research for uh, for NASA in mm -hmm. 400 feet in diameter and reports from up from Amarillo down here to Lubbock and Clovis and uh, Muleshoe and everywhere in between people wondering what that was. So it was kind of nice to figure out what that thing was. Yeah, that is interesting. And, you know, as I noted, like an Abilene pilot, he was not actually an Abilene at the time. Um, he was flying uh, from, I believe, as Phoenix uh, to Abilene or somewhere along those lines. And when he was passing over Roswell, which is well known for UFOs, right? Um, he said that he and his co-pilot, they basically, the um, communicators, right, the air control, traffic controllers um, were like, hey, be on the lookout for something because we're seeing something right here. He was like, all right, you know, and he ended up seeing it. And he said it was about 2,000 to 3,000 feet above them and their airplane, right? So it was even higher. Um, and it, that one was never explained either. He, um, I mean, it could have been a you know, balloon as part of a NASA experiment. But I, I feel like uh, maybe our airlines and NASA probably have better communication than that for that to happen without um, any sort of, you know, understanding on that. Yeah, back then, I think, you know, obviously folks were dealing with rapidly changing technology and um, advancements in, um, you know, in jet aircraft, perhaps weren't familiar with that or weren't sure what they were looking at there. So some of those things are probably explained better that way. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm, I'm looking, this is like the quote that he said. So like I said, he said that it was 2,000 to 3,000 feet above air traffic and then said in quotations, it was very bright, but it wasn't so bright that you couldn't look at it. What was weird about it, normally, if you have an object and the sun is shining this way, the reflection would be on this way, side. But this was bright all the way around. It was so bright that you really couldn't make out what shape it was. So he basically is just like, I have no clue. And I, I would think he was also an Air Force pilot, a retired Air Force pilot, right? So he's seen some various aircrafts, right? So for someone who's an expert like this and is well aware of aircrafts to just straight up be like... Yeah, I don't know what this is. That's pretty crazy to me, especially with it being over Roswell. And of course, we have the other notable sightings in Abilene. Um, are you familiar with them? I know you grew up there. So did you hear about the ones in 1973 and 81 growing up? No, I really didn't. I mean, we'd, we'd occasionally have like a, a stealth fighter visit Abilene or the Blue Angels during a time. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. that wasn't something we talked about as a young man growing up in Abilene. Yeah, we had Blue Angels, too, because, you know, at the JRB in Fort Worth, so got to see them a lot, too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the uh, archives from the Abilene Reporter News said that four employees of the radio station, local radio station, reported three unidentified objects southwest of town just after dusk. One of the men reported that one of the objects was solid, white, and swung like a pendulum, while the other two objects flashed red, green, and blue. They then appeared to come closer and remain stationary before backing up. So I also think that this is really interesting because if you go look at the database, a lot of them say that these 
aircrafts, whatever, these objects are stationary. So I think that's really cool, like that this still checks out from 1973, like similarities here, like it's not moving. And of course, like, okay, an airplane cannot just be stationary, right? Like, that's just not something that's going to happen. So I thought that was interesting. And then in 1981, uh, another one in Abilene said, a luminous object appeared to hang in the sky west of Abilene for several minutes around 7 p.m. before disintegrating into a sparkling shower of debris. I have no clue what that is, but I thought that was really interesting. And it's interesting to me that Amarillo and Lubbock are reporting basically the same sightings, like basically triangular or V-shaped, but... Amarillo is uh, Abilene just having these weird, like totally different sightings. So that's also interesting to me. Yeah, the ones where the um, object moves uh, in, in ways that you know aircraft usually don't, or that I mean, you, that makes sense now where we've got a lot of drones. But when we see these reports from decades ago, you see there's some really advanced technology that that our government still hasn't disclosed, or, or perhaps something else. That our government will never disclose, not still disclose, but never disclose. Um, yeah, that's what I'm talking it up to, either, you know, extraterrestrial or, or our government, right? There's no in-between there. Although, there was a case where there was something flying over the Jones, right, AT&T Stadium in Lubbock, um, football stadium, and it turned out being someone's guy, some guy's drone pretty much like that's basically what it was it was like he worked for um, a production agency and he was just trying to catch aerial photos of the jones um that wasn't an errant patrick mahomes pass no no it was ruled out well it was in 2013 so okay (laughs) pre-mahomes yeah he was still in high school then i think um or 2011 actually one of the two i think it like took a couple years for the story to get updated um, regardless, it was pre-Mahomes. So was this Michael Crabtree's era, though? No, that would have been... Post-Crabtree, pre-Mahomes. Yeah, we're dealing maybe with the, the Sheffield era at Texas Tech. Okay, okay. I wasn't here then. I was, I too was in high school then, so, you know, what's there to do? But, yes. So, I mean, what are your theories here? What do you, what do you think about the UFOs? What do you think about the cows? What do you think about any of it? I mean, usually most of these things are, there's some sort of explanation for them, which is, you know, somewhat disappointing. I like when there's a little bit of mystery. I'd, I'm perfectly content not understanding everything because I, I never will. But um, I mean, if there if there is an explanation, I like to, to dig into it, like a couple of the ones I have here, but when it's something that's fairly obvious. But I don't know, I've increasingly become a an extraterrestrial skeptic just because of the, you know, thinking about the difficulties of, uh, travel and the distances, but um, I'm very suspicious, or I, I, I'm skeptical that uh, we'd get extraterrestrials coming here just to remove uh, cattle genitalia. Well, actually, I don't know if you recall, but when I was planning on doing that UFO story, that's when the cattle mutilation thing happened, right? So that was super interesting. Like, the timing there was really interesting. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was a bit eerie. Yeah, but I, I had a, just to disclose it, I did not do it. I did not do that to the cattle, okay? It was not me, just for this story, okay? So, full disclosure there. on the list. We haven't moved yet. Okay, okay, well, whatever. Um, So, you know, I ended up watching this unsolved mystery thing about the cattle mutilations, and then I ended up watching one about um, basically UFOs and these people who said that they saw aliens and were captured by aliens, like... The morning that I received this email from a reader, before my UFO story was published, right, this was strictly after the cattle mutilation happened, the UFO story was not published yet. 
And this guy, Kevin N, sent me three emails. He said, um, I remember reading about the cow mutilations in Colorado in 1976, among others back then, too. They occurred in conjunction with UFO sightings. The top theory was back then that it was aliens who were harvesting the cow parts to study the DNA. After all, the cows share much of the same DNA with humans, maybe as high as 90%. Now, I haven't substantiated this. I don't know if that's true, but this is from an email. Maybe the aliens come back every 50 years to see where our DNA is heading to. Life on planet Earth may just be their little science experiment. And this is the second email. The aliens could be concerned that the bovine growth hormones, amongst other chemicals used by farmers and ranchers on cattle, are eventually consumed by humans by the eating of meat and drinking of milk. We could possibly be killing off bovine and human life on planet Earth, and the aliens are concerned for our welfare. And then the final one I got from him. There were also many human abductions back in the 70s, too, with aliens poking and prodding every orifice on the human body. Some humans remembered right off, others only remembered the trauma of their anal probes under a hypnotic regression. One would assume there are many who just don't remember. If alien abduction is also on the rise again in conjunction with this new round cattle mutilation, then aliens must have perfected a way to keep the humans from remembering same. So I think that's really, really interesting because I literally watched like a docu-series of this human abduction and everything he just described like the morning I received this email. So I thought that was super weird. All this to say, you know, there are theories that aliens aren't necessarily from a different galaxy, right? But they're from a different time or a different portal, right? So, or a different dimension, rather. So, so like, we're in third dimension, right? And I think there's, like, experts acknowledge uh, 12 dimensions, maybe 11. And basically, like, with the way um, evolution occurs, like, aliens are the future humans, right? So, I, I, I mean, it... <laughs> I guess it's this theory that aliens are coming back from the future, like slowing us in down and being like, hey, this is what you're going to become because of all the hormones you're consuming, right? So, um, and maybe they're trying to prevent that. I don't know. That's a theory that I am not, that I am not uh, intelligent enough to grasp, but I acknowledge there are things that are greater than my ability. But still, but still, isn't it weird that... One, while I was planning on the UFO story, the cattle mutilation thing happened. And then two, right after I watched this little docuseries that this guy emailed, like, with the exact information that I watched. That's pretty weird, right? No, absolutely. I don't know. I liked the timing there. I also, didn't. I'm also skeptical <laughs> that uh, that's unless aliens know something that we don't about how to render uh, DNA... Uh, I mean, usually from visiting with our courts reporter, I gather they usually go for like bone marrow or something like that. I don't think they go for the junk to uh, to get the DNA, but maybe that's a best practice that we'll at some point figure out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Um, they're growing lab-grown meat at this point, right? So maybe that's what they're doing. They're trying to prevent lab-grown meat from happening. I don't know. I have no clue. Um, I wonder where they get the DNA for the lab-grown meat. Maybe that's, you know what? This just happened a couple of weeks ago, right? And then lab-grown meat just, like, became a big thing within the last couple of weeks. So that's my theory right there. They're taking the DNA to make meat in labs. That's a possibility. They could also just be very select tastes. I don't know if they checked, like, a local butcher shop in the College Station area and saw that that, that, was, something, that was an offering that they had, a special. We'll go sneakily kill a cow for you. And sell it. Yeah. Mm. Sell its tongue sneakily. So smoke it with post oak. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go do it as discreetly as possible. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know.
Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Do you have anything else to add, Adam? No, I'm just thoroughly disturbed after this conversation. Yeah, well, don't don't let the girls listen to this one. I won't. Yeah. But alrighty. Well, thank y'all for listening to episode three, probably our most, as Adam described, disturbing yet. Um, but certainly not the most disturbing that we'll get through all these uh mysteries we unravel in Weird West Texas. And you know what? Still the biggest mystery out there in West Weird West Texas is uh the story behind the Chilton. Equally unexplainable and equally capable of producing hallucinations. True, but a lot more satisfying, right? You don't have to worry about being abducted. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Depends on what you're talking about here. (laughs) So anyway, all this to say, thank y'all again. Let's get weird, y'all. Do you have a different tale to tell about any of our topics? Don't hesitate to tell us. You can reach out to the Lubbock Avalanche Journal or Amarillo Globe News on Facebook or Twitter. You can also send an email to beaddison at lubbockonline.com with the subject line Weird West Texas or shoot us a text at 806-496-4073. 